Welcome to this episode of the Down the Pool podcast. Uh, I'm your host, uh, Anthony Abbott, or as I should say in honor of today's guest, Antho Abbott. Uh, I'm joined at the bar today. Uh, he's doing preseason, so he's probably going to have um, a, sl- a slimline water and lime or something like that. Um, today we're joined by League of Ireland and FAI Cup winner and now midfielder for new USL1 franchise, uh, the Nor- Northern Colorado Hailstorm. Shane McFall, welcome to the show. Shane, how's it going, bud? All good. Thanks for having me on, Anto. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. See, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm bringing back out the cool lock things, and then uh, we, we call you Shane. so we're all good to go. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> so uh, before we get into like the kind of main part of the show, we always like to do a couple of just easier questions. So. You've travelled far and away with football. So, uh, what's the best and the worst dishes you've ever had, food wise? Oh, oh. Um, actually, do you know what? Like, well, I was only thinking about this last week. Uh, the best. Uh, weirdly enough, I was in. Um, uh, I was. I wasn't there for long, but I was in a New York airport for a while. I don't know where I was flying when I first played in America, and there was a pizza slice there at the airport that I had. Was ridiculous. It was the nicest pizza I've ever had in my life, and nothing's come close since. And I know people say, "Oh no, it doesn't count. It's only in the airport." But that was definitely, uh, definitely the best. It's obviously memorable. I still remember it now. Like, uh, <laughs> um, but then the worst was definitely. It was in India, and um, when I first started playing over there, I think in the first couple of weeks, we we only kind of had Indian dishes, and I'm like brutal with spices and stuff so if I go to Nando's I'm just getting like a mild like no spices no no peri peri sauce <laughs> nothing so uh, I, we, I think it was the first week or so after one of the training sessions or after eating the Indian uh, food I wasn't feeling well turned out that I had deli belly I was in the hospital for a week on a drip so <laughs> holy fuck <laughs> yeah yeah so that's definitely the worst now uh, there's no um yeah, there's no competing against that. Yeah, I, I don't think that puts you, uh, like, that makes you shit so much that you lose so much fluid. He's got to the hospital. Oh, I get no idea. Seven kilos that week alone just by shining myself. <laughs> 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 oh, it was horrible. Do you know what the worst thing was as well? Because I was in the drip and uh, I had the drip on in the toilet and the physio, the two physios that were there, um, they were sound, like they stayed with us uh, most of the time. But because I had to drip in every time I had to go, obviously, to the toilet, like I had to plug her out, pull her out, go, go to the toilet. They'd be listening to me shining from the inside. <laughs> and, then, and then go back in, put the drip back on. And then this was going on for days. Like, oh, my God. That's I like wonder the, how they were feeling. It's <laughs> like the worst walk of shame of all time, man. <laughs> oh, it was horrible. But I, it was bad for me. I can only imagine them having to listen and smell me. So. <laughs> We're, both of them saying to each other we're definitely not being paid enough for this uh, <laughs> definitely not yeah. the fact you lost that much weight though I'm surprised Amo hasn't put you all on to uh, that diet to be perfectly honest Get some, yeah uh, well to off. be fair all the, all the lads here are ripped and shredded so they're in great nick so they don't need any, any Indian diet that's for sure um, the next question then is uh, what's, what's your favourite stadium you played in um that's a good question. I, I think one of the most memorable stadiums that I played in was when I was at Notts County and I was 17, I played at Hillsborough and that was the probably, I think there was like nearly 28,000 there, I think there was at that time. So I was only 17 and I come on in the second half and what I remember from it was, is like I literally couldn't hear anybody on the pitch, on the pitch speak, So. Um, like the noise of the crowd I literally couldn't hear anyone who was shouting for the ball I couldn't hear the other team what they were shouting the, the noise was just deafening so I'd say Hillsborough um, I was involved with the Irish under 21s we played against England and St Mary's 
um, there was uh, I was on Sky Sports. I think when I was, I think it was like twenty twenty one, and there was thirty five thousand at the game there. Jesus. That was unbelievable experience. Yeah, I I was on the bench that day. I didn't go on. I was chomping at the bit to go on. I would have loved to go on. I was at Brighton at the time. But um, yeah, those thirty five thousand at St Mary's. That was that was incredible. That stadium was unbelievable too. So I'd say I'd say probably them too, but there's other stadiums I played in that were massive, like Real Salt Lake Stadium. Uh, I don't know how much it holds, like maybe sixty thousand or something. In the US Open Cup when I first went to America when I was nineteen, uh, we got them in the cup, and I think there was probably about fifteen twenty thousand there. But you wouldn't think it because you know it's the stadium was so vast that you would think ah there's only a couple of thousand here. But yeah, them, them three stadiums probably stand out the most. Just, uh, I'm, I'm sure there's a load of uh, St. Pat's fans feeling kind of pissed off now. You didn't mention Richmond Park, but however. Ah, uh, uh, well, that's me in trouble now. It's just me being with a Pat's fan. <laughs> Pat's fan himself. I know that goes without saying. R- uh, Richmond Park's a fortress. We don't even have to, we don't even have to acknowledge that. <laughs> and uh, the, the last one of these, then, who's the, who's the biggest prankster uh, you've played with? Oh, jeez. I, I, I don't know if I can actually say some of the stories here. They'd be way too X-rated. But, uh, there's so, so many funny some funny players that I played. And one of the funniest and like coolest players I ever played was a fella in Finland called Nico Ikevalko. Like, he's just... He's like the Finnish Latin. Like, he's just... He's a legend. Like, he's a, a top-class footballer as well, but... Just the way he is and that, like I was staying with him for a couple of months in Finland when I was over there last year and I, I couldn't repeat the stuff that happened, but he is definitely <laughs> like, uh, he's such, such, such a great guy. He's a really good friend of mine too, but um, he, every day is just so funny. There's something something always happening with me, so funny. Like he's, uh, as I said, he's top player, he's top guy. I think Daryl Kavanagh when I was at Pats as well, he was hilarious. Like I know the deal from when I was younger and um, playing with the Irish teams and stuff like that and he was a jokester and a prankster. Danny North as well, I played with. He used to be over at my house uh, playing. Or he used to play FIFA all the time. And I, he, yeah, so many. I, I can't go into the stories, but yeah, those those <laughs> lads are yeah, a bit mad. But yeah, great yeah. lads, all of them. Yeah, I had uh, I had Liam Ridgewell on the show. Uh, he played for Birmingham. And uh, he was talking about that one of the lads, uh, Craig Gardner, that played with him. Uh, used to shite in people's boots and everything like that. So, oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a bit so, much now. <laughs> it's going a bit too far, but hell and ever. Uh, so, yeah. uh, we, we did have some uh, listener submitted questions that we, we got yesterday, but well, I'll kind of do those towards the end. So, and the, the first thing I wanted to just find out was like, how's preseason going for you? Like, you know, you, you arrived there, what, two weeks now, two and a half weeks, and uh, how's everything going for you? Yeah, no, preseason is. Oh, great. Um, I'm just, just relaxing now. We had a tough couple of days, last couple of days of training. The standards been very high. Um, it's hard hard going. Obviously, we're a brand new club with brand new players just getting to know each other, but we're gelling really well. I think we've got a top-class squad now that we definitely believe that we're going to be challenging and want to win win the league, you know, win, win titles here. So this is uh, the start of something really good and I'm, I'm convinced that we definitely have the talent and the right, the right, I don't, uh, the right uh, characters in the team to definitely be pushing to to win things here. And obviously, with Eamon and Kevin as uh, our coaches, like we've got like so much experience uh, from the USL league and that. So we're we're definitely ready to go. And um, it's going to take a little bit of time for us to gel together. Obviously, as I was saying, that we have so many new players that have never played before. But the intensity and training's been really, really high. The sessions have been class, and we've put a good performance together last week against the uh, Colorado Switchbacks in the first half. So, yeah, it bodes well definitely for the season. I think we we have a really strong squad with a lot of quality. So, I'm convinced we're going to have a great season this year. So, like seeing uh, like the squad, like he's kind of brought a mixture of experienced players and a lot of new um, younger guys in too. And uh, where, yeah. do, where, where do you kind of see yourself fitting in? Like, are you going to be uh, like like playing every game do you reckon or are you going to be kind of coming in for 60 minutes or kind of coming in to settle the the, the ship or where do you kind of see yourself uh um fitting in and, no i want to play every game i want to start every game i want to play 90 minutes in every game um i think the way pre-season is going it's been a while since i've had a good pre-season so 
it's it's going to take a while for me to get to you know back to full fitness, and that comes with games as well. You know, our preseason friendlies. But no, I, I I came here to play every game and play a big part. I want to be a big part of the team, and I want to bring me experience to the team from from where I've played abroad, and hopefully helping the young players coming through. So. Yeah, like I, I see myself as being that, like bringing a common influence in the team in possession, especially, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I want to be a big part of the team now. And obviously, I'm a team player. If I'm not playing, I'll get behind the team and I want to come on and do well. But my aim is to start every game and play every game, as play as many games as possible, to be honest. So, so like you're, you're, you're back home. I guess you were in Finland as well uh, there just before you, you come over. Um Eamon gets this opportunity and gives you a call. What's he? What's he saying? What's he saying to you on the phone to get you to to move over to, to Colorado? Oh well, like Eamon has been trying to help me get to the states. He's been there for years, and that, and a couple of moves that I've had to the states have fell through for different reasons. So, um, Eamon actually hurt himself, um, hurt his back. Sorry, a couple of years ago at Chattanooga. So he was trying to get back. Um, last year to go uh, to get back playing after his injury and then this opportunity came about and we were in touch and I was saying I, I had a knee injury as well in 2020 so I was we were actually planning to come back together so we were in touch and uh, then I I got back after me my knee injury and he was just saying look um, the opportunity is here I think you'll I can get the best out of you for a couple of years. Um, this amazing opportunity. Would you like to come over? I would love to sign you. And I was, you know, I didn't have to say anything else. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I was straight on the plane if I, the next day if it was about, if it was ready to go, you know. So now, especially I know him in a long time and I know his vision, like I've played with him before and I've like talked to him over the years about football and his, his football IQ was like second to none. And the way his vision uh, of how he wants this team to play actually will really suit me and my game. So um, I'm a firm believer in going somewhere where your your attributes are going to be used in the, uh, accordingly. Like, there's no point in me going to it. That's just going to be fighting and scrapping with teams and, you know, stuff like that. Like, he wants technical players. You bring me in for a reason for, for me passing ability and my technical ability. So it's so important to have a coach that believes in you too. So he believed in me that I can after me the injury that I could get back and I'm fit and fit again now, no problems and that. So yeah, obviously I've been trying to get back to America for for a while now. I played here in the USL Pro when I was 19 and the lads are always laughing about like how how long ago that was. Like to me. <laughs> yeah. So um no I, I I jumped at the opportunity as well. Like I'm so excited about the project with the club and everything that's going to get built with the training ground and the stadium that's coming soon. It's just, it's, facilities are going to be like top class. So it's such an exciting time for everybody here. So the difference back then, I remember one of the first games of the season, I, I the game was about 15 minutes in and I was looking around to the lads going, is this a mistake? Like it was like, they were playing songs like during the game over, you know, the intercom yeah. over. And I was like, what? More is Mortal Kombat last <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> over there, like when I'm playing a match here, it's just like mad at the time. But um, I'm not sure if they, they do that here now. But um, yeah, that that's one thing that stuck out that I, I remember from the last. And I don't know if it's, it's the same here now. You know, it's like it's like when you go to a basketball game, um, like it's constantly just music the whole way through it. And yeah. I, I think it's just they're at that time they're probably just trying to appeal to other yeah. fans to come. But it it is kind of different. But they still have. Like a lot oh, of yeah. with, with the, the goals yeah. Yeah, the match day experiences over here are amazing. And we're we're obviously gonna be looking to do the same for the fans coming in. And um we we played against Colorado switchbacks last week, but Eamon said that um he went to watch them last season and it was a night game and I don't know whether there was some sort of Star Wars team, but um they, they turned all the lights off, but all the fans had lightsabers and all oh man. So, yeah, the class, like the lights and all are unbelievable. Yeah, I even said it was like amazing match day experience. So we we want to be doing the same to in our stadium. I, I just couldn't imagine them doing that at Davy Mount for a Shamrock Rovers <laughs> against Bros game. Uh, <laughs> They'd yeah. be knocking lumps out of each other. I, I don't know how that would go down, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, as you mentioned, like I mean, like you're you're in preseason. This is what like your this is like your nineteenth or twentieth preseason as a pro now. Like, yeah, it's. It never gets easier. <laughs> I imagine. Older. 
I still remember the first one uh, at Notts County. I had been, um, I was in the FAI FOSS course um, when I was 15 in Clondalk and, and uh, I, I was training every day uh, with, the, with the, the lads in the course and then I'd go train with Cherry Orchard and then uh, I thought, oh yeah, look, I've been training for a year full time, but the preseason there was the hardest. That was I still remember like that was the hardest preseason I've ever done in my life. The runs that we did, I remember many times just puking in the middle of runs and then having to suck yourself up, run back to the line and go again and go again. But you know, it was still towards wow. me and like I, I I actually I got I obviously got used to it, but um that was just a massive, massive difference in kind of terms of intensity. Uh, from when I came from playing for Cherry Orchard, then you're in the professional leagues, you know, in England. So, but yeah, the preseason now, when I was like 19 or 20 now, it doesn't get easier. <laughs> so, 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 what's what's been your secret then to like <clears throat> to get through that many? And like, have you changed the way you do stuff now compared to like obviously when you were 19 and running up like sand dunes or running up the stadium steps and all that shit? Um, that I, make you do. To be honest with you, a lot has changed since then. Like in terms of like our work now, a lot of it is done with the ball. So we'll have like ball uh, our training sessions based around where you're using the ball is like let's say the skies running, but we're we're tracked every day. Where uh, we have player tech and GPS apps, so we know how much we're running every single day, what our intensity, how many sprints we're doing every single day. So it's a lot different from when I first started out. You know, just with the sports science and stuff like that, it's it's way different. Whereas before, when I first went, I was like, run and run until you can't run no more, you know? Um, so everything is done kind of in a way that you're monitoring the players, like how are they doing? Are, are they, what, what days are you going to like go full pelt? When are you going to ease up? Whereas before, for the first, I don't know how many years when I was playing, it was just, everything was tailored to just run and run and run. And there was no kind of consideration to fatigue or how the body's feeling. Was there too much of a load in the first couple of days? Where straight away we were doing like bleep tests into mad runs in England and stuff, you know. But I think it's changed a lot. Even when I went to India now, uh, Dave Rogers has like a lot of the preseason was like, it was really tough, but everything was to do with the ball. Like there was like six minute um, intervals of like really high intense work, but it was all to do with the ball. And it's all relative like to to a match basically. So you're, you're getting your fitness, but through football, which is as footballers, is which which what you enjoy the most, you know. It's, it's not nice about running around the track a million times a day either, you know, no sign of a ball. There used to be sign of a ball for a month years ago, but... Yeah, it's it's been so enjoyable here. The first couple, obviously, you do sprints and you do runs, and we've got sleds and we've got lot. It's really hard work, but a lot of the stuff is with the ball, which is great. It, it just seems like there's nowhere to hide if they're tracking your GPS. You know, like yeah, <laughs> if you decide to have an off day, like oh, I'll just go hide, yeah. and like they're, they're, you're gonna get pulled up the next day. So <laughs> yeah, you, you get the hug. What are we doing today? <laughs> <I'm having laughs> yeah. yeah. We're, it's good and a bad thing, I suppose. <laughs> but nah, it it is good, like in fairness, because I I'd actually love seeing how much we we run every day and everything and how how you're doing and what's the intensity like and stuff. So, yeah, it's 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 been really enjoyable. The sessions have been class. Like I I love the sessions that Eamon and Kevin have put on so far too, and the lads are loving it too. So it's a real feel good factor around around the place, especially in training now that we we have balls there. We don't have to just go running, you know. So just just about your Notts County days, just a little bit. Um, <clears throat> like you said that, like you you got into the first team. I, I think you played like forty something games, which at a young yeah. age was incredible. And then like you you left and went to America. So it was kind of a weird career path. Yeah. Like, like why what happened? That if you don't you don't have to say it on to. Well, what happened at no, Notts County? No. And then um, how did the opportunity arise to to switch to the states? Yeah, so I went over to Notts County when I was 16 and I had options to go to Bournley. Um, I had Oldham, I think, were offering me a contract. There was a lot, a lot of, there was, uh, I think Bournley were in the championship at the time. And I went over to Notts County and I, I just loved it. I fell in love with the place. I loved, I loved everything about the, see, the, the, with the people at the digs, um, Martin and Bev, they like I was going to be staying with them. They're lovely people, the nicest people ever. And we still, I went over loads of trials, and I just felt really comfortable there. But also, I we were in League One at the time, and I thought, right, 
I looked around and thought, I'm going to get a chance um, to get into their force team at a young age. And let's say if I had to went to Borley who were in the championship, maybe I wouldn't have got an opportunity as, as soon as I thought I was going to get one on Notts County. And I proved uh, it was the right decision then when I, I made my debut at 17. So I was in the first team squad after about five months, I think it was. So I was still 16. I was in the squad. I had my squad number. I was on the bench a few times. I, I didn't go on. I was actually raging with the manager that I didn't go on <laughs> at 16. Like, which was madness to think about. I was knocking on his door, going, why am I not playing? And he was like, will you relax? You're only here. <laughs> like, but, but now, uh, but I, I'm glad I was like that because I was driven at that age to get into the first team. That was my goal. And all I wanted to do was play in the first team. And uh, once I got in, then I, I loved it. You know, I loved the atmosphere playing at Meadow Lane. The stadium was, is, I think, just holds like 22,000 there as well. I think the most we got was like 20,000. We played Middlesbrough in the FA Cup. Um, at home that I think was the biggest attendance when I was there but just the, the buzz of, of making our debut and see the biggest thing for me as well was like getting my my name on the back of my short my first short it was number 22 um, and I was just oh, I still have it now like it's at home just seeing your name you've worked it like you know you've had a dream your whole life to get get away and be a professional footballer and for to see that as well I was delighted and I making my debut I done really well in my first couple of games too so um, yeah, it all went. I started really well, and um, I was I was well I was well liked there by the club and the fans and that. And then I think it was me last year when I was just I think I just turned nineteen. I played forty five games. Things were going well, and we got a new manager in, uh, an Icelandic manager, and he was a really nice guy, like really good coach. Um, I haven't got a bad word to say about him until, but <laughs> I'll say about him in a while. <laughs> Uh, no, not, he was influenced, I'll say. Like, so when I'm like, I regard myself as a technical footballer, and uh, he brought in a lot of players. We were in League Two at the time who were just really aggressive ball winners, and his style of play was really direct. He didn't like, I'm a midfielder, so I want to like go collect the ball, turn, and try and play forward. He didn't want me even going trying to receive the ball, he just wanted second balls. and it wasn't my style of play at all. And he just wanted kind of kickers and scrappers. And he used to, even used to say to me, look, technically you're really good. Like if, if we were playing any other way, you'd probably be playing. But this this is the way I want to play. This is where I think we're going to get out of the league. And I was like, okay. And so we, I wasn't in the squad. I think the first 10 games of the season, we won the first 10 games. And wow. I, I can't go into the manager and say, here, why am I not playing? I'm like, look, this, this is his way, he's direct and we're getting wins, I couldn't say that but behind the scenes then there was, to be honest, there was an assistant coach he was a fucking arsehole, I can say he was a dickhead, he was a dickhead yeah, he used to call me an Irish cunt like every other day, like he was wow. a dickhead to me. oh he was a dickhead, now I'm not going to go into it too much but he he had an influence kind of in the manager and to the manager about me and there was a situation where I couldn't let my hair grow long and he was like on at me all the time for everything, let alone like um, anything to do with football or other stuff as well. And he was like, oh, go get your hair, go blah, blah, blah. And at the time, long hair was kind of in fashion, you know. Yeah. So I, I was like, it wasn't anything too bad. But I remember going into the, and I'm going off tangent here, but I remember going to the hairdresser and they butchered me. And I said to myself, I'm not letting anyone tell me what to do, like in terms of like that again. And a while went by, my hair grew back longer. And anyways, the manager, I wasn't in the team. I was getting homesick. That was a big part of when I was over there. Like as much as I loved playing in the stadiums and I loved playing in the first team and I, I loved training every day. I've always loved training. It was the minute I got home uh, back to the digs or wherever I was staying. And um, I just struggled with homesickness. And at that time, I, was, I wasn't in the team. I was missing home. I was... And the manager said, oh, look, you can go home, like, you know, and um, for a few days, but just do me a favor. The assistant is annoying me once you to get your hair cut again, you know. So I was like, oh, all right. And I went home and then I came back. I didn't get my hair cut because I just kept thinking he's a dickhead. Like, I don't want yeah. him. I don't mind if the man, well, the manager kind of asked me, but it wasn't really for him, if you know what I mean. But anyway, when I came back then, the manager kind of just said, look, yeah, like it's better off if you leave here. 
um, you know, things aren't going to work out if I asked you to do something for me. And the, even the lads, like, this is a stupid thing. When I think about it now, it sounds ridiculous. But at the time, it was it was a form of bullying what he was doing. He was an arsehole to me. So that's why I was so stubborn and defiant. If yeah. I think back now, I wish I just had just shaved my head and said, fuck it, you know what, fuck you. I'm going to get into this team. I'll shave my head. But back then, I was very stubborn. Um, and I was like, I'm not letting that dickhead tell me what to do kind of thing. And, you know, whether whether it was a mistake or not, I don't know. Um but then the manager just said, look, um, we'll just part, part company here. Like, you know, it's one of those things. And I was like, and I played with a lad, a player called Darren Kasky. He used to play for Tottenham yep. for the first couple of years. I was at Notts County. This is how it came about going to uh, America. And he was like, he, he was in the first team. He was an amazing player, like unbelievable footballer. Um, he, he played with England. I think they won the under 18s championships and I think David Beckham was playing on the team I'm not sure but um, anyway he he went to play for Virginia Beach too and after I knew I was kind of leaving um, I wrote to a couple of clubs um, in America I just felt like I wanted to get away from England I was like I, I do you know what I'm sick of England now I'm, I'm so homesick I want to go I want to get away from England I, I, if I, I didn't really want to go back and play in Ireland but I thought you know what? I seen Darren Kasky play in America, and I reached out to him, and he recommended me to Virginia Beach, and it just went from there. I actually went to a trial with LA Galaxy, and they wanted to sign me. And then around that time, um, I ended up signed uh, deciding to sign for Virginia Beach Mariners. So that's kind of how that move came about. But like, I can always look back and go, "Oh, should I just shave my head?" But you never know. If I, I wouldn't have been able to travel the world, maybe if I didn't. Uh, if I didn't go through with that decision at last county, I, I I don't really know what would have happened in a sense. But yeah, that's the honest truth about that. Like the the assistant coach was a dickhead, and I kind of just wanted to get away from the place, to be honest. And it was hard because I'd been there, I came through the youth system. I like had so many friends there as well at the time. It was really hard still to live, but I just felt like I just needed to get away from England and get away from there for a while. And then the opportunity came to go to America and just kind of get away for a bit and. And and I absolutely loved actually when I went over. I just listen to that. Like I, I mean, as you said, it's a form of bullying. And to me, like just listen to what you're saying with the style of football that the coach was playing. Like he were never going to get in the team anyway. So like I've seen that they're all, almost using that as an excuse, like to to get you um, out the door. You, you know what I mean? I, I just feel like it was like yeah. like such a such a petty fucking thing to to let somebody. Yeah. To, to leave for especially somebody that's a kid too you know what I mean it's like oh exactly and it, it, you know what looking back now that that wouldn't happen nowadays if that happened nowadays like you would have been reported 100% I would probably would have went to someone saying here look why, why are they doing this to me here like you know I'm only a young lad I've been playing in the first team I've come through the youth system I've done well when I've played I, did, I didn't see what was problem, but you had a problem with me whatever, for whatever reason. And I like to think that I've gone on with nearly every player I've played with in, in all the dressing rooms and he was going around saying I was a bad apple and stuff. And he just, for whatever reason, you know, it was a different era as well. Even I was talking to the lads today after training and we were talking about, like when we were younger, like I used to uh, wash Paul Heffernan's boots, like just to clean his boots um, as a youth player and stuff and stuff like that has kind of changed as well. Like it's it's completely different era, like stuff like that kind of, you'd hear the stories in the youth teams and stuff that went on with the kind of hazing and different sort of things. Now I didn't have anything like that around, you know, but it's stuff like that that wouldn't happen nowadays, you know. Are you, are you trying it's, to say... It's unfortunate, but... Are you trying to say to, to try to get one of the young lads... Uh... The hailstorm to clean your boots today is that you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> he said no. Who are you? Let me tell you. When I was a young boy. <laughs> yeah. Look, listen, lads. When I was young, I had to watch the, the first team players' boots, but they're all first team players. So, yeah. Fucking dirty bastard had corns and everything. There's me scrubbing his boots for him. Fuck's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. It's a, a different world now. It's a different, a different times so so obviously the hailstorm are a brand new um a brand new outfit and but it's not like it's not your first experience that kind of being at a brand new outfit you obviously played for uh, the amazing sport and fingal back home yeah um I, I think you joined them in their second year if i if i'm correct i think they had one year in the first division yeah. and you joined and then and that same year you won the fa cup as well so what, what was it like uh playing at a new club like that and then having 
that immediate success like that it must have been a, a, like a whirlwind of a of a time then obviously the team collapsed then the following yeah. year it just seemed like a mental time what was the experience like being there oh, it was amazing I loved every second of Fingal like um, it was a bit surreal how successful we are, were so soon um, as you said there was a one season where the, uh, the team were in the, I think the first division and then then Liam Buckley start assembling players from the Premier Division and there was as there was kind of like a big project as well there was going to be a stadium out in Lusk and Liam uh, showed everybody like the plans and, and and the players that we were attracting there to the fourth division were all primarily uh, Premier Division players like the squad we had was just ridiculous likes of Eamon Gary O'Neill Sean Williams and I could go on like Gareth Paisley, uh, Stephen Paisley, sorry, and you know, a mate Sean Marr. Like, we had an unbelievable squad. Like, I could go through everyone, and they were all Premier League players. So, once once we got um, got together as a group and we realized, okay, look, big things are going to happen here. Like, we're, we've, we're obviously proven League of Ireland like Premier League players. Um, there's no reason why we can't do well in all competitions like obviously the, game, the goals get promoted and then uh, why can't we win the FAI Cup and and that's what we did we actually didn't win the league that year UCD did we, we came through through the playoffs so that last week of the season was just one of the best weeks of my life to be honest because we got promoted through the playoffs we won the FAI Cup final I got man of the match in the final and then we were we through that we qualified for the Europa League qualifiers you know so that was one of the best weeks of, of my career for sure. So I have amazing uh, times from from uh, Fingal and I loved every second of it. Like uh, the players that we had then that came in, like like Ronan and Finn, Glenn Crow, like just top, top players. So um, it was just unfortunate the way it ended where everything with the economic crash and the team going, like, like Jerry O'Brien came in as well. He was like unbelievable player. And it was just a shame that the, the squad's, kind of just went all over the place then you know it would have been great to have us stay together for a couple of years because I really think we would have qualified for the Europa League qualifiers with that squad oh sorry the Europa League stages sorry when you saw in the news like about the economic uh, downturn and then you see Jerry Gannon's name being mentioned your sponsor yeah. Anglo being mentioned we is all like oh bollocks <laughs> was it like that? <laughs> do, do, do you know what we were here in England for a while and then we heard we were like trying to get new sponsors and like it wasn't you know wasn't going well and then we were having meetings remember the day that everything kind of fell apart and um, we must have been there for about six or seven hours not knowing what was going on are we getting saved by sponsors are we getting sponsors are, are we going completely bust are we going to be free agents and yeah the, the way it came to a head was like it was just madness like and um, it was a horrible feeling because I think it was around the end of February so obviously most teams had their squads signed um, all signed up so it was kind of a bit of a scramble then to see oh shit like you know I'm a free agent and uh, who am I going to be able to sign for but luckily then I played with Pete Man uh, at UCD and I, I done really well with Pete like I, I love Pete as a manager and, and uh, I done well for him so he got in touch in the minute obviously I'm a Pats fan so the minute the opportunity came to Pats it was there was no brain. I wasn't going anywhere else then, you know. So, so that must have been like, like how cool was that? Like, you know, you're going from, uh, as you said, like a kind of a real downer, like the the, the club has disbanded. Uh, you're kind of without a job. And then next thing you're playing for your boyhood club. How, how, like, yeah. It must have been like a, such a whirlwind of a time for you. Yeah. I mean, it was mad because like my, my family, like my brother, Daniel and Carl and our big Pats fans and they would be going to every game so those lads like my friends um, all go to the Pats games and I played against Pats loads of times for Fingal and UCD and the abuse I'd get like <laughs> Mac Foley big long stock and a shite my <laughs> <laughs> uh, family would be cracking up with some of the stuff that they'd be saying to me and also uh, then when I signed for the team, I was like, oh, okay, I hope they're going to be nicer to me now, you know? <laughs> You're still getting the same stick. <laughs> yeah, still getting, probably was. <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah, it was amazing. I, I always loved playing at Richmond Park and uh, against Pats Park from the abuse. Like, the pitch was always pristine and, like, yeah, the fans were just so passionate and everything. I absolutely loved playing for Pats and... Um, the fact that when I we when we when I first went there after the Fingal uh, situation, we were playing in Europe. Then in the summer, 
and we got through a couple of rounds. Like we beat a team from Iceland, we beat a team from Kazakhstan. But home and away, like the, that that month of playing in, uh, qualifying the qualifying rounds was just unbelievable. The, the fans in the in Richmond Park won us them games. I believe like they were unbelievable at home. And then the third game against the team in Ukraine, uh, I think we had to play at Tallis Stadium. So. I think that if we hadn't got them at home, we only lost three two away. If we had to got them at home in Richmond Park, I think it would have been. We only lost, we lost through to three two uh, in Tallaght as well. I think if we had to got them at Richmond, you know, some so many special nights at Richmond, we would have we could have had a chance to be in them, you know. What 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 was it like like going to these far flung places? You know, like you know, you see the <laughs> you, you see the draw, obviously, and I'm sure they were probably uh, the same. You're like, who is this team? And then you're like. Kazakhstan, yeah. and it's like the only thing I know about that is Bora, obviously. And you're just like, like, yeah, yeah. it must be a fucking nuts. Like, oh, it was crazy. I remember like the, the distances that we were having to travel as well, having to go through different countries to get there. And as you said, like, um, you know, here in Kazakhstan, you think of Bora and stuff, and it's it was similar to India in a way that is like there's really, really rich areas, and then there'd be really, really poor areas. So there'd be nothing for like about 10 kilometers, and then there'd be a massive palace out of nowhere big big palace and you're like what how is this possible like <laughs> and then uh, then the stadium then itself was class like and i think them lads now if i'm right like the Europe, ukrainian lads especially i think the kazakhstan lads like they were probably on about 10, some of them were at least there was some of them are definitely on about 10 grand a week so yeah. there's a massive difference in terms of how much salary was at the time but uh like as a team, we were unbelievable in them European games. There was nothing between us in in all of the games, really. You know, apart from the Ukrainian team, I think there was a stat like in the away leg we lost three two. But I think for something like sixty minutes, they had like 95 percent possession or something. It was wow. mad. He's all the stand yeah, on the goal line. <laughs> oh, they were unbelievable. I think I ran about twenty five kilometers that game. It was just they were just. So well drilled, like they had international players playing for them as well in the side. And I think I had the player on loan from Liverpool and they were just interchanging. There was like about six or seven players in midfield at all times. They were just one, twos, they were class. But we 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 dug we dug in and we, we got a good result away to take them home. But as you said, I think not having us going back to Richmond Park was a, a bit of a blow to us, you know. But it was a great experience all the same gone to all these different countries and went to Lithuania as well and played over there and I don't know what it was over there it was like mad locusts or something like on you know flies and mad stuff that when you're playing they just were there for the whole match and so yeah when you go to all these different countries it's just it's great like it's it's that's what you play football for I know you're there and you're like oh this is this is brilliant so uh, it definitely sounds like an, an um Definitely sounds like an experience being attacked by a swarm of locusts. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe not that. I think the Ukrainian game, the fans, I put up a video on my Instagram there a while ago and the, the atmosphere was unbelievable. They're, they're just like the flags and everything and just the atmosphere. It was deafening. That was another game that I, like the, the Sheffield Wednesday game at uh, Hillsborough. Um, that was another game. It was like the crowd was just deafening and hard to hear your teammates and stuff. Yeah, they're, they're, they're the... They're the reason why you play football, you know, them them type of games. Sounds amazing. Uh, so, like, Richmond Park, it's one of those classic uh, Irish stadiums. Like, it's it's got a little bit of it that's kind of... I haven't been there, obviously, like, since I moved to Canada, but the last time I was there, it's kind of a bit was built up, they've got a stand, and then there's a bit where it's kind of still yeah. thirsty and all that kind of stuff. But it's in, a, it's in, it's in the middle of it, kind of like... Um, like a like a housing estate kind of thingy, and it yeah. just you know, like I, I just I know there's, there's a friend of mine from over here who's a shells fan, and talk park yeah. has been talked about like being knocked down and built. Um, uh, yeah. So what 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 do you think they need to do to to save these these like do the clubs need to like do the clubs need to take them back into full ownership? Does the county council need to take them over? Because I feel like we're just going to end up yeah. having like daily or and we're going to end up having Tala Stadium and and that's it. I mean, there was a proposal, wasn't there, a couple of years ago with Pats that they, I think they went to the council. Or I'm not, I'm not sure too much of the details, but they were going to redevelop the stadium, but also the area around in Chicago, like they were going to put shops and it really do up the area and that. And I, I don't know why, but um, it was refused. I, I really don't know what the reasons behind it. But so there's been 
attempts to to redevelop like um Richmond Park and stuff, and they've done a great job, especially with the stand behind the goal, one of the goals and that. Um, but I don't know why that fell through. There was um, yeah, I I don't know whether it was about two years ago, but yeah, if something like that could could like through the council, especially see how how Tallis Stadium yeah. has developed now. If the, if if nearly all the teams in Ireland could have some sort of help like that to build the stadium and the facilities and stuff, you know, it definitely help help the league grow. Hope hopefully that happens sooner rather than later, you know. <clears throat> yeah, I, I just feel like we're just losing like a, a little bit of like what makes the league that little bit special. You know, like it's uh, yeah. if you just have two stadiums, it's going to be difficult for uh, you know, um, like like Shamrock Rovers are going to be basically playing at home every week, right? So it's just going to make yeah. life easier for them. So so just speaking of Pats, uh, like onto something that's a little bit more, uh, a little bit more upbeat. Um, like you won the you won the league championship there. So yeah. your your good friend Mister Brookley came in, um, and he just seems to be able to bring out the best in you. Like, do you guys have a really good relationship? And what was it like winning the the league the the league championship at uh at your boyhood club? Yeah, like a, it was an unbelievable feeling when the league. And to be honest, I was kind of I was in and out of the team. I wasn't a, a regular starter by any means. Um, I can't. I felt like I contributed, but I scored the first goal of the season at home. We won, dropped a one 0 so we got us off to a win. Um, and with Liam, like I, pl- I played in Finland for a year after I played with Patson. Uh, when Liam got the job then he, he actually asked me to sign for Pats in 2012 but I decided I wanted to try something different so I went to Finland for a year but unfortunately my club over there FC Hacker got relegated so after the season uh, um, Liam came back in and said look um, we'd love you to sign here so it was great working back with Liam I had a great relationship with Liam uh, he definitely got the best down me at Fingal I don't think he got the best down me at Pats to be fair because I I felt like I was really fit, but I was injured a lot. Like I was, I just had a really disrupted, uh, disruptive season that year. Like I felt like I done okay when I came in the team, but obviously played enough games that you know, um, I was I was happy enough how I contributed. I thought if I didn't have those niggly injuries, I was in the team for a while. Then I get an injury back out, and the format that the squad we had there was unbelievable. Like Greg Bulger, John Russell, Killian Brennan. Like Sean Gannon was there as well. He was playing Jay Kelly, like Art and Stephen Marr. So we had like a lot of really talented players. That the, the competition for places was, was huge. So if you if you were out injured, it's gonna take a hell of a lot to get back in once you come back, you know. So and um, that that's why we won the league though with the squad we had and and everybody contributed. So yeah, it was like an up and down season for me. To be fair, I was in and out, but I overall I look back, I'm so proud to have won the league with. With Pat and I'm so proud to have that medal at home, you know. So where'd you where'd you keep the medal? Do you have it like in a, in a frame or something? Or yeah, I have a wardrobe um, with, with everything at the minute. So I plan. I've got oh, the amount of jerseys that I have um, from <laughs> playing all over the world as well. So I have a, a wardrobe just full of jerseys, and um, so I have that there. And I think the most prized possession I have is uh, when I played. Going back to Notts County, uh, there was. A player called Mike Whitlow, I played with him, and that's the county he used to play. He was captain of Bolton in the Premier League for a good few years, and I, I remember we were watching, we were watching Bolton play, and I was talking about JJ Kocha, and then oh, he's like, I love him so much. He's one of my favorite players. And the next day he came in with a signed JJ Kocha jersey no. for me. Yeah, I have it at home now. I'm away from home, so home, no one, no one tries to rob me gaff now. <laughs> <laughs> Probably should have said that. You'll see up on Boy and Sell. I think it's gone for a lot of money on eBay, you know. Um, but it's it's a sign short from uh, the Premier League squad. I think, like, remember um, Fernando Hierro, even Campo, Yuri yeah. Jorka, Evan all. There's loads of signatures there. Kevin Davis, um... Kevin Nolan, like the Bolton had a quality team for a couple of years. Um, so it's not just JJ Kochi there, but yeah, that's that's definitely my prize possession. I keep that separate and one wardrobe, and then I've got all the you know, man of the match awards and and league went the FAI Cup trophy and um uh, the FAI Cup medal and the man of the match trophy and the league the Airtrusty League winners medal there. So yeah, I'm just after giving away everything now. I know. <laughs> yeah, it was so uh, everything's kept in a very secure safe. 
And it's not an open ward, <laughs> and it's uh, guarded by a big pit bull called Junior. Yeah, so. that's right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm only starting to tell me. And, 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 and I think uh, you've just given it away that you stole the FAI Cup, which is amazing. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, God. so um, so we, we as we said we had a couple of questions from uh, people who just left us like a little message on uh, Instagram so one of them was from my buddy Chris uh, he, he wants to know um, has there been any adjustments uh, for yourself starting at a new club compared to being at an, an established club um, just in terms of like let's say you are going into an established club there's, there's a good chance there's been a nucleus of a squad already there there's probably like as I said, like we've got all these players that have never played before. It's just gelling together as a team and what what the manager wants and what the coaches want is that's just gonna take a little bit more time because usually when you go into a squad, you know, they've been playing together for a while, then you're just trying to um implement what the coach wants and add uh, what you can bring to the team. So that's probably been the one thing that's that's different, you know, obviously if when it's new, same with Fingal, actually, we had nearly the majority of all the players were new. So it just takes a little bit of time. But um, yeah, we're, we're confident that we've got the, the right squad now and the quality in the squad to, to win everything this year. Um, I had another one from a guy called Rob Cornwall. Don't never heard of him. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I, he, he might end up on the bench somewhere this year. I'm not too sure where. Uh, so yeah. he was, uh, his one was, um, the first question he asked was kind of odd. I didn't even want to ask. It was like, what's your ideal, what's your ideal woman? And I was like, I don't. Oh. I, 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 <laughs> but, then, but then he asked about, um, yeah, your your love of video games. Like, uh, how did that how did that happen? And uh, tell us a little bit about your uh, your other your Instagram page with, uh, that's dedicated to your your video games. <laughs> yeah, so Rob's obviously like after coming over um, from Bowes, and he played in the league of Ireland for for years now. He's like he he lives next door to me now. So I was wait. He said he might have asked the question there. So I was intrigued all day. Thinking, what? What's robbed after asking? Uh, he stumbled upon me gaming page recently and thought it was the funniest thing he's ever seen in his life. So Shaney Wayne gaming, yeah. So, <laughs> so so actually, I do you know what I archived all the posts on it because I was so embarrassed. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have to have to put some new fresh content on there for it to be anyway credible. So, uh, but no, I've been like mad into games for years since I was a kid. Um, I've, I just me and my friend, my best friend. Christopher Mills and Brian Sweeney we would play like FIFA Jesus I'm showing my age here like FIFA 95 FIFA 96 so for me then to be on the games myself was just amazing and it's great to show the women as well you know I'm on, I'm on FIFA <laughs> I don't think they cared so much to be honest but I thought it was great was it like uh, no, was it just a, was it a generic photo or was it actually you that was on there uh no no we all have characters and all like our own playable characters and all the FIFA games depending on what league you're in you know so um for me I've just been growing up in my my family you know playing games and video games and um over here now we're gonna have an esports team there's a lot of the lads now that are, are to be fair yawn the goalkeeper is quality of FIFA Breck the centre half is class the FIFA Rob is shy uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, just getting in there Rob. <laughs> Um, no, I'm only messing them. But no, like there's an esports team that um, we're going to be holding uh, esports events as well in the indoor dome that we're building for the. Uh, we, you know, it's our training ground. At our training ground, we're going to be training indoor, but they're going to have the gaming events there. So I'd like to be getting involved there. And um, yeah, so that's that's where it stems from. Just being as as a young lad, I don't think that'll ever leave me. The, the lads doing me house playing FIFA nearly every day. It's been so. Um, yeah, and then the other question was. Was me ideal woman? Yeah, I, I, you don't have to answer that. You don't want to. We can. I uh, know. Me and Rob have the same sort of taste now, so we'd be fighting for the same women over here. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone blonde? Anyone blonde? <laughs> they're they're, they're yeah, going to they, sell out of uh, peroxide uh, dye. The, and, uh, the lads, the lads know me type. Pam, Pamela Anderson in our prime. Yeah, she's my ideal woman. <laughs> uh, um, then I got we got two questions from uh, Stefan Lukic. I think he plays with yeah. you too, um, oh, yeah. and he's he, he's kissing arse. I, I I I'm not too sure what he's after here. To be perfectly honest with you, yeah. so <laughs> so uh, since you are a real maestro of soccer, will you coach after playing? 
Did you pay him to uh, did you pay him to send this fucking question? I uh, Steph told me he was gonna ask a couple of questions. I love Steph. Steph is probably the most technically gifted player I've played with. Like I've only been here with him in ten what ten days. Like his technique is unbelievable. Um he's a Serbian player, like top guy. Um yeah, so he's got a Maestro Academy um that he teaches kids. Ah. He's got an amazing academy. So I think he's trying to plug that. Okay. All right. Well, I'll put I'll put a link to it in the uh, <laughs> yeah yeah the thing. We, we will we'll tag tag as much <laughs> but now um yeah definitely hundred percent. I got my C license badge there and um, with the FAI last year, so I'm gonna hopefully start with my B and then just try. Hopefully, as soon as like the playing days are up, then I'll be able to transition to a coach somewhere. Yeah, hundred hundred percent. I I want to stay in the game as as a coach definitely. Um, so Amo, watch out for your job. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, his other question, which is actually a pretty good, is a really good question. Uh, if you can advise 17 year old Shane, what would you tell mm. him? Get that haircut, oh, <laughs> <laughs> 100%. Stop smelling yourself with your long hair, and just get a buzz cut. <laughs> <laughs> oh god uh, <laughs> and, then, and then my uh my, my wife actually had a question so she, she like when we live back in ireland and we go on holiday somewhere my mom would always bring like a box of tea bags in the bag and all that kind of stuff yeah. like the, the essentials she wants to know did you uh bring anything over in your suitcase from back home um did i i don't think so i don't get sentimental like that like but irish stuff like amo had me um like, but I had to like get a, a, an extra suitcase to bring over, like a suitcase full of stuff for Eamon from Ireland. But I don't think I had any of them. Like, I had to really? check in an extra suitcase for Eamon alone. Uh, <laughs> so I wasn't even my stuff. I was like, "Great, there you go. There's a there's a, your suitcase with your tea and all his home comforts." But no, even when I'm away, like you know, I've been away. My, my friends would laugh at this, like. And um, you know yourself, like if you're away and somehow you end up near an Irish pub, and I'm totally against why are you going to an Irish pub? You're going to a different place, embrace the culture. And uh, but no, I do miss me chicken fillet rolls, though. I wish I could bring, <laughs> I wish I could bring up a chicken fillet. We, we spoke about this at length, I think, being new. I'm craving one right now, I'm salivating, even thinking of chicken, chicken fillet roll, great cheese and mayonnaise. <laughs> You could probably just make one, man. You know, start your own business yeah. there. In, uh, I, I in won't be the same. I won't be the same. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, just coming to the end of the show, like we, you know this, and I'm hoping that you're prepared for it. Um, and we're going to do a special one for you on, on, this, episode, on this episode. So, uh, we'll start with the, the normal question that we ask. You're going to play in a five-side tournament from the players you played with. Uh, who makes yeah. your team? Well, do you know what? If I hadn't played with Stefan uh, any longer, Stefan would be in this team of my team because he's won every single train, every game in training since wow. we <laughs> since wow. we've got here. Oh, he's unbelievable player, fantastic player, like unbelievable technique. If you want a five aside player, oh, he twit. I think I'm still dizzy from how he twisted me up the other day in training. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, Stefan would be here if I played with Stefan longer. He he would have made this team. Um, yeah, so I'm not going to go with any goalkeeper that I played with because I have uh, a centre-half that I played with in Notts County. He moved on, he played for Nottingham Forest, he played for Celtic, uh, he played in the Champions League where they beat Barcelona and he played against Messi and um, Calvin Wilson. Uh, yeah. He's an unbelievable centre-back. We came through the first team together around the same time and uh, Calvin kicked on and had an unbelievable career and just had everything. He was like Rio Ferdinand, very, very similar to Rio Ferdinand. Um, unbelievable on the ball. An athlete, very quick, read the, ball game, or read the game so well. Uh, great in the air. His distribution was class. And I wasn't surprised to see him um, kick on and, and play, have such an amazing career. So Calvin is definitely me, me defender. I don't need anyone else because nothing's going to get past him. <laughs> <laughs> then I played uh, in midfield. So I'm going with Aidan McGeady. I played with him for the Ireland uh, underage groups. And um, obviously everyone knows who Aidan McGeady is. Like he's the most skillful player I've, I've ever played with in my life. Um, he can just do anything for a ball. He was just electric as well when he had it. Just even when you're watching him play, obviously like he's so exciting. So I'd have to have him in. He was a genius, um, genius of a player. Um, I, I'm picking either the best player um, that I felt like played with 
in midfield was um, um my career was Josh Mulvaney. We got a, he is an English English lad. He came through the youth system of Southampton. And I played one in Finland, and he just had everything. Like he's an engine. His 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 passing range was is amazing. Like his work rate was unbelievable. His knowledge of of the game was just second to none. He could score from everywhere. Like he was just, uh, he was the best player in the league that I played over. He got voted as the best player the league in the league. So he's the best midfield partner I think that I've ever had. So I'd have to go with Josh because he's the, he was a winner as well. He was like nasty in training. And like, if you wanted to be on his team, it's the same again. Like if you wanted to win five sides, he'd be one of the first players you pick. Definitely Josh. And then, I'm going for number 10 now. So I've gone with one defender, two midfielders, um, and uh, number 10 of Juan Cuero, uh, a Spanish player that I played with in India. He actually played for, he played in La Liga for many years. He, he came through the youth system at Real Madrid. And he, I think he made his debut at the new camp against Barcelona. And he's just a genius, like an absolute genius. There wasn't a day that went past in India in the whole time I was there that the whole players, staff, everyone just stopped and just applauded him for something wow. that he did. He was just, wow, like what a footballer. He's only small, but he was just gifted set pieces and like his feet were just light and quick. Like he'd send people to the shops like about 10 times a day, like 10 times a day in training and matches. Just embarrassed people. He was just that good. His true balls as well and like his vision and his, uh, his 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 technical ability was just outstanding. So I'd have to have to put in uh, Quero as as one of those players in my team. And then obviously, you now I played with a lot of good strikers and top strikers. Uh, Giff Fagan was close; like he was an unbelievable player to play with um, in Ireland. And um, Gary O'Neill was I loved playing with Gary O'Neill because I I used to always be able to find his feet, like you know, penetrating lines through midfield, and he'd hold her up, he'd hold anything up, he'd make a a bad pass looked good, but I'm gonna have to go with the gaffer aiming. Um, the best striker nice. I played with, hands down. I'm not just licking his arse to try and get him the team here. <laughs> <laughs> no, but genuinely, I, I, I'm not even joking. I used to say this to him all the time over the years. Like we'd be in training our games, I'm like, I don't know how you have scored from there. Like I don't know how it's even possible. Like the angles and his finishing was just unbelievable. And now he's a big inspiration for me as well in terms of <clears throat> when he went abroad and seeing how well he excelled and that kind of gave me the motivation to want to try stuff abroad. And yeah, just he was definitely the most clinical uh, striker I've I've ever played with. Like training as well. Like you'd rarely see a miss. Like even now he's joining in training and just banging things in left, right, and center. Like he still could play. Like. Um, and then he was even when he was out on the left of a tree, like he's Eamon's more of an out and out like striker, but he was out on the left of a tree. I think all his, his goal return was unbelievable, just just a, a just a little little goal scorer, like he could score from head, left foot, right foot, as he said, from any angle. Yeah, and I'm, I'm hoping I'm gonna play at the weekend now, start after this. <laughs> <laughs> Amo, <laughs> he'll clean your boots for you. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. so um, the the little twist we're going to do this time is that uh, what the top five players you played against? Yeah. So the top five players. Well, I have six here, but I'd say I'm going to go for five. So the goalkeeper, the most known goalkeeper I played against was Manuel Neuer. Um, I think you know who he is. <laughs> yeah, he played for. I played the Irish under twenty ones against Germany under twenty ones. Um, and he was unbelievable. Uh, it's just his distribution. I think you remember throwing a ball for that night could kick it, but he was like unbelievable, like with his feet as well. And then watching him, then obviously going on to being one of the best players, the goalkeeper that's ever lived. So I kind of honored to play. I've played against him, to be honest. That's 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 the goalkeeper. Um, then this is funny so when I was playing for the Ireland under 14s or 15s it was we played in the tournament away and there was um, I think it was America Uruguay there was all these different countries and we, we were drawn against Belgium and we were doing this walk around uh, you know it was a, I don't know what it was a ceremony we were walking before the tournament around the ceremony and we were like oh their coach is massive like look at him like he's a huge unit like you know just remember someone being really really big you know then and we were we were playing against Belgium in the warm up. We were like, oh my god, why is their coach joining in? Like, what what is 
why is he doing the warm up with them? Like, next of all, he's lining up as captain. It was Vincent and Company. <laughs> oh, like, oh my god yeah i was like oh my god like what like i did obviously didn't know at the time who he was like but when i think back now i obviously knew who he was but i remember everyone going he's huge and i remember the game itself ah he took the absolute pit he was unbelievable <laughs> so strong nothing got past him like i think there was a tree if you wonder just clean three of our players out at once like he was unbelievable amazing and I, I made a I made a point of actually finding out his name and then obviously I, I seen him move on he went to he played in Belgium and then he went on to AC Milan and then obviously a Premier League legend but yeah Vincent Company is definitely um one of the best players I've, I've been lucky to play against but that, I was 14 at the time but I'd say he was about 27 to be fair your <laughs> um, <laughs> man's uh, a banger over there <laughs> he looked he looked about he looked like a coach like but yeah he was so physically developed at that time yeah he was unbelievable he's great in the ball as well but then um, yeah so I don't know if you know if you ever played championship manager when you were younger um, the, the video game championship manager is football manager now I think yeah I probably did there was a player called Ibrahim Ba. He played for AC Milan. And I the reason why I remember this is because I played a friendly. He was on trial at Nottingham Forest and I was at Nottingham County. And I played it. He was on the team sheet. And I remember a couple of years before, I was only 17, so a couple of years before I was playing the game, and I bought him for AC Milan. And he was out injured for me for two months because he used to dye his hair and the peroxide made him sick in the game. <laughs> So, oh, what? so I was like, I can't blame he's got his peroxide. Like he used to dye his hair blonde. And I, I remember it vividly. And then I played against him. So but he played for AC Milan. I think he played for France in that national team. I'm not sure. But yeah. Um then we wow. played against um uh Joe Moutinho uh when I was 18 or under 19, I was playing for Ireland against Portugal. Uh, he's obviously Joe Moutinho is playing for Wolves now. Um, wow, man. Unbelievable, unbelievable player. And then the one other player I played against in Finland was uh, that would be world known, kind of would be Freddie Adu. I played against Freddie Adu when he was obviously American fans know who he is. Um, he, yeah, he played in Finland for Coops against us. So, yeah, that's that's kind of kind of players that you would know, like kind of world-renowned players that I'm kind of lucky enough to play against. And it was cool to play against Freddie Adu as well. To be fair. He actually done good in the game. I know things haven't gone great for him in that, but um, he was actually good in that game he played against us. What Was he like, um, was there still like a kind of, cir- like, I know everything had kind of like died down from and stuff for that, but was there still a kind of like a circus around him? Because I feel like whenever he goes oh. to play in these places, like his, there's yeah. still, there's still stuff around them that people want to see him. And he's, oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Like, the whole town was buzzing that, we're, like, when we were going to be playing, because we were playing at home, and everybody was talking about we're in the, will- uh, the build-up of the game, oh, we're going to play against Freddie Do, Freddie Do, and stuff. So, yeah, like, you know, um, he played well in that game against us. He showed that, it, you could tell that, you know, he had so much ability. Uh, he showed it in glimpses in that game. So, um, yeah, but there was a massive buzz, like, around the, that week that we were playing against them, for sure. It's just uh, it's one of those kind of stories of uh, football kind of chewing somebody up and spitting them out, really. And it's like, it, it, you just hear so many. I mean, like you were kind of almost in the same boat there a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, um, you kind of got lucky. So, yeah, man, it's, it's going to be exciting. I can't wait to uh, for the season to start. Uh, when does, when's, who's your first game against? Uh, we're playing against Richmond Kickers. And actually, madly enough, that was my first ever game playing for Virginia Beach Mariners in a, in a friendly. So it's going to be in the same stadium and everything. So we're playing them in April, the first game. And um, we're playing, I think we're playing eight games away while our stadium's um, getting built. So our first home game should be around June time, hopefully. So um, now I'm buzzing for the, for the season to start and I can't wait to get going. Yeah, me too. Like uh, the, the great thing is like here... Uh, in Canada, um, we can watch all the games on YouTube. So, um, I'm, yeah. I'm super excited to see that first game. See, get out there and see what you're there, you're all about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's going to be an exciting times for you, man. So yeah, so I really appreciate you taking the time to hang out and talk about your career and um, what's uh, what's happening with uh, your move to the states. So um, best of luck to you, man. Yeah, no, thanks a lot. And I just I wanted to do a quick shout out to Leo on our team. Leo followed his birthday today. 
Um, unfortunately, he had his arse out uh, in the middle of the goal, and nobody. We were all lined up with balls to smack a ball off his arse for a happy birthday, <laughs> but it, no one hit him. Not one ball hit his arse. Uh, Jesus Christ. He brought a nice cake in, though, in fairness to him. So happy birthday, Leo. And then I was going to say, um, I was talking to you before about my friend, my good friend, Grant Griffiths at home. He's yep. raising money for the Cherry Orchard Running Club for the kids, their, their summer program. Um, so he's running eight marathons in eight days. So he's done a sixth marathon in six days today. So he's got two days left. So if anyone's listening and they'd like to donate for the, the kids, um, Graham's doing an amazing thing. Uh, loads of our friends are helping them going running and stuff like that to, and cycling around. But eight marathons in eight days, like fair play to them. So, Jesus um, yeah. Christ, that's incredible. Yeah. yeah. I, do you know what? And when I'm doing pre-season, I'm like, all right, that's nothing compared to what Graham's doing. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I'm not complaining about any aches and pains and stuff. He's doing eight marathons. Fair play to him. I'll get the link off you and I'll put it in the uh, the, the Twitter post and stuff like that so people uh, can uh, drop some, some money because it sounds like he's doing it for a great cause. Uh, yeah. Um, Cherry Orchard is a is an amazing part of Dublin. And, uh, well, I have to say that, right? But it's on the yeah, south side. Yeah, well, I'm from there as well. Uh, it's a, so. Yeah, it's on the south yeah, side, so it's kind of all right, I suppose. But, yeah. <laughs> you're, all, you're safe saying that now. You're, you're, you've kept yourself safe. So... Um, <laughs> So was there anybody else that you wanted to give a shout out to? Yeah, so, uh, you know, just the main man in our team, like his name is Irving Parrott. He's my my Holmes, my boy. He's from California, you know. He was saying, yo, Holmes, give me a shout out today. Otherwise, you're whack. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely love Irving. So, Irving, if you're listening, you're my boy. You, you love Ireland. You love me and Rob. Yeah, unbelievable footballer, you're a great player, but yeah, you're a legend, man. And I, I had to give my homes uh, a shout out. Uh, he's teaching me Cali slang every single day. I don't know what he does be saying when we're coming in, but I think I'd, I'd, I think I'd, um, I'd settle in well in California now after this season if I was to move there after Irvin. So uh, yeah, a big shout out to my boy, my homie, uh, Irvin, Irvin Para. Yeah, you can give a. Uh... Lee, Lee Desmond and Dan Casey show at Sacramento and they can get you out there next season since how that you're yeah. since how you're, you're fluent in the lingo now so I know I'm going to lose my Irish accent now I'm going to be going full <laughs> Cali now any day soon <laughs> uh, he's, he's a legend Irvin so yeah shout out to my boy Irvin <laughs> I love it I love it I love it uh, yeah so um, <laughs> and then also then I want to put this out there that Kevin Starchak, where our coach would have got into my five-a-side team if he wasn't such a moany bastard. <laughs> <laughs> it's Kevin is our assistant coach. He's a brilliant player. Um, he was a class player when he played with us. But yeah, he's the windiest, moaniest person player I've ever played with. But yeah, top lad. There you go, Kev. You didn't make the team. But you, you, Kev makes the subs bench. You yeah. can put one sub, one sub. Put Kevin Starchak as a sub. Okay, I'll allow it this time. But only, Top, man. only if he doesn't like moan and groan about shit. <laughs> yes, he'd probably be moaning about it. That's not good enough. That's not good enough. <laughs> uh, Kev's a lad. Top coach. We'll give him a little tag as well. Try and get more followers on Instagram. He's hating on me that he doesn't have a blue tick and I do as well. So. Oh, he has to work on that, man. Jesus Christ. That's uh, Yeah. Yeah. That's, a, that's that's like the holy grail of Instagram. I've been trying for ages and I keep getting back saying, we've told you before, we're going to get a restraining order. We keep asking for a blue tick. Nobody knows who the fuck you are. <laughs> What's nothing. that shot in your passport that you're sending in? Do you think you're a criminal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll vouch for you. You know that? I'll contact oh. Instagram. I'll vouch for you. Thanks, thanks man. I really appreciate it. Maybe I should update, maybe I should update the passport photo. All right, man. <laughs> All right, man. Have a good night. Cheers. Yeah. Thanks so much, man. Thank no, you. Cheers. Folks, please. Right, folks, please. Time to drink up, folks. Get out. Out to fuck.